This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's the Now News Panel on AMI. I'm Dave Brown, joined by Michelle McQuig and Joey DeGupta. Let's address the next topic. Lynx Airlines is the latest failure of a Canadian budget carrier. At least eight large, low-budget airlines have failed in Canada in the last 25 years. It has industry observers scratching their heads as to why. It also has Michelle scratching her head. Michelle, what's fueling your curiosity? Oh, look at you go today. Um, yeah, I, I did. I have always been kind of perplexed by the ways in which several things that you'd think would be slam dunks to succeed in Canada never quite make it off the ground. That's just these airlines is one example. So many examples in the retail space. I'm sure we could each come up with at least two or three if we tried. Uh, restaurant chains that don't seem to stick. They're all retail-based, but they don't seem to to be able to get a foothold here. And I find this constantly fascinating. And since my colleague Chris Reynolds had taken the time to uh, write an article probing this exact question about why Lynx Air had failed at this time and why I was the latest in joining this company of those that folded, um, I there were some theories presented in the article, but I also just wanted to get everyone else's take on this because I, I, I'm genuinely kind of puzzled. I'm sure the demand is there. To, to me, the economic basics seem to be in place, but clearly they aren't because time and again, things don't work out. Michelle, before I give Joey the opportunity to respond, lay out a couple of those theories. Sure. Um, an interesting one has to do with Canada's geography. Uh, there's a sense that perhaps airlines... It, markets like the United States can get established by ha- establishing a number of direct flights between popular destinations, building up their coffers and then branching out from there. Mm. And in Canada, a lot of those opportunities don't exist. The sort of shorter haul routes like Toronto, Montreal, there's only so many of those. Um, so that often keeps people limited to be regional players. So that's one that I found to be an interesting theory. Um, another one that was interesting and that's aviation specific is uh, the airport taxes mm-hmm. that are charged here mm-hmm. in Canada relative to other countries. Uh, so those are, those are interesting. So those are just a couple, but I would check out Chris's article. It's a good piece. Yeah, you know, it's a very good piece. Well, you alluded to it, though. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to get yeah, to no, state no, it. No, got to give was, the that examples. Was the that was, that was for the listeners. Yeah, got to, got to, got to, got to cite the examples. Uh, Joita, I've got a thought that's a little bit different than the theories that were explored in Chris Reynolds' piece. But what's your thought on why these budget airlines just can't seem to stay off the ground in Canada? Well, the reason they haven't taken off, I think, has a lot to do with Air Canada. I mean, it's just so big and it's monopolized um, air travel in Canada. You know, you love them or hate them. Uh, you know, it's either Air Canada or WestJet are your two alternatives uh, for, you know, for Canadian carriers. And I think that coupled with airline taxes and um, the lack of secondary airports means that if you're a, a new arrival in the space, you've got an uphill battle to get established in an already really well-established industry. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. It's a bit like the telecom sector, right? Like you've got Bell, you've got Rogers, you've got, you know, uh, the couple of big giant players there. And it's just, it's, you can't, Grocery too. groceries too. And at the moment you get these behemoth players in the game, it's very hard for somebody else to get a toehold. I mean, Porter is an interesting example because uh, Porter was able to take advantage of the island airport in Toronto and has some independence from uh, Air Canada in that respect. But I don't know if Porter Airlines would have succeeded if, if they had to compete with Air Canada at Leicester at Pearson Airport and have to pay those exorbitant, um, you know, airport taxes. So, uh, you know, it's 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 also interesting, and I think it's mentioned in the article that nonprofits uh, that that airports in Canada are actually nonprofits, which I hadn't known, and the federal government doesn't really fund them. So yeah. I don't know where you go. I don't know where you go with this. You know, to be honest with you. Mm. Okay, I, I think that you two have both laid out some really good macroeconomic cases, but Juita, I'm so glad you mentioned Porter Airlines because they emerged as a player in this space that was budget-friendly but offered an incredible service to regional travelers and have now since expanded a little bit more nationally. I don't know if you guys have dabbled in some of these budget airlines, but the service experience is horrendously bad horrendously bad. You can't even bring a carry-on bag without paying for it. You can't get help checking in without paying for it. You can't do a phone call about your reservation without paying for it. And gosh forbid there's a problem with one of your planes, you're stranded for at least 24 hours because they don't have enough machinery to get to where you are to get you out of there. The, I, would, I, would, I would suggest to you that Canadians do have an appetite for more budget-friendly travel, but the experience has to be good, Michelle. I think you can make a pretty good case there. Porter is kind of the exception that proves the rule, I think. Free They're beer. The only one who's to argue with that. You know what? I, weirdly, I've never flown Porter, but I've also never heard anything bad from those who have. Um, so I think you might be onto something there. I think service service matters, and 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 I think that would come through too when you are traveling these huge geographic distances. If you're taking a flight from Halifax to Vancouver, that's solid. What six seven hours in the air? I want a little bit of a comfort. <laughs> I, 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 I will I will pay a little more to to make a to make sure I get there and to minimize the the. The hell that is airport yeah. travel. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to mention the airline. I will say, though, $106 for a round-trip uh, fare to Halifax a couple summers ago was an amazing fare at face value until we couldn't get home on Sunday. So that ended up being a little bit of a scramble. So then you spent $500 buying a last-minute one-way oh. ticket to get back to Toronto because people have jobs and whatnot that they have yeah. to do. Uh, you both alluded to the general economics of the Canadian economy that lacks a bunch of competition in a whole mess of spaces across the economy. Michelle, why do you think that is? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we answer. can leave it there. Can we can leave it there. there. I don't know. Well, you posed the question in the email thread. I did, but I don't like I you guys are smarter than me for one thing. Okay, that's um, that's, I, that's I, I, I too just, far. 
I mean, but, but truly, like I, I, I've, I've never quite understood why Canada has evolved as a space with so little competition. It is, as we pointed out, a factor in several industries. Uh, one where it's also present but doesn't seem to be as problematic is in our finances. Our banking sector is is very confined to to a handful of players, but more than in airlines or groceries or some of these other spaces we've talked about. This is just the way our economy seems to have evolved. I don't know why, but it is interesting to me that the Competition Bureau has become a lot more active and vocal in recent years. Joita, population density may have something to do with That's it, but, I think, yeah. but, but you also referred to the notion of oligopolies that exist all across the economy, sort of several companies that dominate an entire sphere, and it's just really hard to break through in, in, an, in an era of deep brand recognition when certain oligopolies have had 50, 60, 70 years of a head start in terms of brand recognition. Yeah, I mean, that's a really big part of it. And I think you we did, we should actually really talk more about population density because that's it. You know, Canada is the world's second largest country in terms of geography, but we have a very small population. <laughs> like see tiny. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so where does that leave uh, um, someone who's trying to set up any kind of a natural company, whether it's an airline or buses or you know, even the postal service or banking is a really good example. I can't remember how however many months ago we had a chat about uh, some you know uh, banks closing uh, branches in Newfoundland, I think it was. And so mm, the yes. the capital that you have to invest to create infrastructure across the country is so huge that not every player is able to put that kind of capital on the table, which would go a long way in explaining why we have uh, this oligarchy and we don't have more competition and why the the competition bureau has become more. Uh, active in a bid to try and introduce more competition. I mean, the, the problem with airlines is, you know, the Air Canada and 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 WestJet is far more is, it has you know ha, is large enough that they can actually compete with some of these budget airlines if they want to. And frankly, I mean, service uh, whether it's Air Canada, WestJet, or even a budget airline across the board, I think service or a lack of service is a problem that Canadians have been complaining about all the time. So I'm not sure that that's the explanation that I would go for. The biggest sort of, the biggest deterrent to, uh, to budget travel in Canada, if you want to just go there for a minute, I think has to do with the fact that um, so many people have woken up to horror stories where the next day, you know, where they cancel flights where the company's gone under and you've not been able to recover your money and there's no way to fly you from A to B. I think just the the fact that these companies have such a hard time gaining a foothold, uh, which is the problem, uh, is also not inspiring the kind of consumer confidence that would have allowed for more uh, for more options to take off or for more competition mm-hmm. to foster. Like, would you want to put your fate in the, you know, would you want to, would you want to lean on Dave Airlines, for example? Oh, you, you do not. Go, you do not. If you knew, if you knew it was going to go under the next day, probably not. <laughs> I assure you it would go under. There would be all kinds of, uh, there would be all kinds of shenanigans and chicanery. There would be golden parachutes left, right, and center for the CEO of <laughs> Dave Brown Airlines. All right, let's land the plane on this topic. Coming up after the break, the CEO of Kellogg's says families struggling financially should have cereal for dinner. Don't worry, not going to spend a whole bunch of time dunking on the CEO. I've got a more fun question for you. How do you feel about breakfast any time of the day? This is the Now News Panel on AMI-tv.
Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts.